Hello, and welcome back to The Serial Killer. Tonight's episode is going to be an international episode. It's not an American. It's British. Dennis Nilsson, born November 23rd, 1945, a.k.a. the Muswell Hill Murderer, or the British Jeffrey Dahmer, victims 15, from 1978 to 1983. Nilsson, born in Stricken, Aberdeen, Shire, to a Scottish mother and Norwegian father, Father was an alcoholic and his parents divorced when he was four. His first traumatic event that shaped his life came when he was small, when his grandfather died. His strict mother made him view the body before the burial. In 1961, Nilsson enlisted in the British Army. He was a cook in Aden, Cyprus, and Berlin. He left the Army in 1972. He was involved in a series of superficial relationships with men to lessen his profound feelings of isolation and loneliness. Like Dahmer, he sought somebody who wouldn't leave a corpse. All his victims were students and homeless men who he picked up in bars, take to his, taken to his home for sex or company. He strangled and drowned them in the night, waking up with little memory of what he did using his butchering skills learned in the army to help dispose of the bodies. He had a large garden and was able to bury many remains, burn, sorry, burn many of the remains in a bonfire. In 1981, he moved to an upstairs flat. As his murders continued, he found it difficult to dispose of the remains, keeping suitcases full of human organs stored in his closet. Yes, sorry. By the way, I should mention that this one is a warning on this episode because this is a little graphic in this episode more than the other ones that I've done in the past. Plastic bags full of remains in his floorboards. Neighbors began to notice a smell. When he tried to flush them down the toilet, he clogged up the sewers. When plumbers were called to the residence in Muswell Hill, 23 Cranley Gardens, North London, they found the drains to be filled with a flesh-like substance. Flesh. Under more examination, they found organ matter and bone fragments. Nilsson was arrested in 1983 on suspicion of multiple murders. He apologized to the police for not knowing the exact number of people he killed. When police searched his house, they found three heads in a cupboard and 13 more bodies in Nelson's former place of residence at Crinkle Root at 195 Melrose Avenue. Nelson was sentenced to 25 years, but the home secretary turned it into a whole life tariff, life in prison. But after the Home Secretary was stripped of his powers in 2002, Nilsson could be freed on life on his life sentence in 2008 because of his original 25-year sentence. Now, we're going to take a little bit of a break, and then we're going to come back and start getting into his 15 murdered victims. Now, this gets a little gruesome and gets a little more in-depth of each of his kills. So we're just going to kind of let you know that, but we are going to take a break and then we'll be right back. Welcome back. In 1993, 
Dennis Nilsson gave a television interview where he talked about his victims. Now, here we go. We're going to get into all the murders and as much information as I could find. All my information for this came from Murderpedia and whatever else I could find online. Murder one happened December 30th, 1978. Nilsson met the victim in a gay bar. Nilsson strangled him with a necktie until he passed out and then drowned him in a bucket of water. On January 12th, 2006, that victim was identified as Stephen Dean Holmes, born March 22nd, 1964, which made him 14 when he was killed. Murder number two, Kenneth Ockenden. A Canadian student, during sex, Nilsson strangled him. Ockenden was one of only a few victims reported missing. Murder 3. Martin Duffy, 16. A homeless boy from Birkenhead in May 1980. He was strangled and drowned in the kitchen sink. Murder 4. Billy Sutherland, male prostitute from Scotland. He was strangled to death, though Nilsson doesn't remember. Murder 5, a, a Filipini or Thai male prostitute never identified. Murders 6 through 8, Nilsson couldn't remember much about these men. Victim 7 was a starving hippie type found sleeping in a doorway in Sharing Cross. Victim 6 was a young Irish laborer from a bar. And victim 8, he, he couldn't recall at all. Victim 9 and 10, both were young Scottish men picked up in pubs in Soto. Murder 11 was a skinhead picked up at Piccadilly Circus with a tattoo on his neck that said, cut here. He boasted he liked to fight, but after being drunk was no match for Nilsson, who hung him from in the bathroom for 24 hours before putting him in the floorboards. At some point between victims 6 and 11, on November 10th, 1980, a victim woke while being strangled and fought off Nilsson. He called the police, who did nothing, and put it off as a fight between two gay lovers. Murder 12, Malcolm Barlow. He was murdered on September 18th, 1981, found in a doorway, was taken home to Nilsson's home, um, and took him in and called an ambulance for him. Barlow was released the next day. He went to Nelson's, Nelson's house to thank him. Nelson asked him in for dinner. After a few drinks, he was murdered that night. After moving to Muswell Hill in October 1981, the next two attacks were able to get away. Neither contacted police. Murder 13. John Howlett, first murder in his new house in December of 81, Howlett fought back, enraging Nilsson. There was a big struggle at one point Howlett tried to strangle Nilsson. Howlett was eventually drowned. Howlett was the first to be dismembered and hidden around the house or flushed down the toilet. Graham Allen, another homeless man who was drowned, left for three days in the tub and then dismembered. Murder 15, Stephen Sinclair, a drug addict. Sinclair got a hamburger from Nilsson after an, and then after an alcohol and heroin-fueled stupor, Sinclair was strangled and dismembered. His remains were the ones found in the drain. Nilsson was to be released in 2006. He was denied any farther requests for parole. 
Nielsen is currently held at HMP Full Sutton Mac Security Prison in East Riding of Yorkshire. He has been a pain in the prison, but pain in the prison's butt, bringing a judicial review proceeding over the prison's decision not to allow him to access gay porn. In 2003, he brought a further judicial review over a decision not to allow him to publish his autobiography, The History of a Drowning Boy. Thank you for listening. Our plays have been going up very well uh, as these shows have gone along, and I want to thank everyone who's been listening to the show. I love doing this, and I'm going to continue to work on new episodes and hopefully have one out every week. Maybe sometimes I can do a double episode like I've done the episode before, or you know, maybe put out a couple a week, depending. Um, I'm healing up pretty good from my surgery. Looks like I'll be headed back to work right at the beginning of the new year. So anyways, uh, thank you for listening. This has been The Serial Killer, and I'm your host, Jeremy Skaggs. See you next week.